World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning, folks. You know, uh, ain't about time somebody done something. I like to open to that every once in a while. It's about time somebody done something. Isn't there, isn't there anything that we can do to push back against the forces of darkness? Is overarching, overreaching, tyrannical, demonic government. Isn't there really nothing we can do? Our legislators won't do anything. The good guys aren't even the good guys. The bad guys, we know who the bad guys are. It's a two-card Monty, both, both political parties playing the same. See, see I figured it out. that uh, they, they play roles. Huh? They play roles, right? And a lot of the stuff that's going on, uh, it's, it's a two-card body. I mean, it's, it's fake opposition. So the Republican Party says, listen, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, uh, we'll, ta- we'll take control of these issues. And the Democrats, you fight on these issues, and we'll just banner back and forth, and it'll look like we're really trying to get something gone, and there really isn't a whole lot gone. So what are we to do is a government of we the people, by the people, and for the people? Abraham Lincoln told us it shall not perish from the earth, but it's on the verge of perishing from the earth, isn't it, folks? So we're excited today. We've got Lloyd Brunson's going to join us here in just a second. And, uh, letters to the Supreme Court, petitioning the Supreme Court to do the right thing, an appeal to heaven, appeal to a higher power. And uh, those of you watching know that we did send letters to the um, U.S. Supreme Court, I don't know, six months ago, maybe I don't know how long ago it was, and appeal them to hear the Brunson case. Well, there's another Brunson case that's made it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Actually, it's it's a partner to the one, and I'll let Lloyd tell that whole story. So uh, Lloyd got up early in the morning, Jeff. He's up about as early as you are and uh, to join us this morning, Lloyd, so we, we appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening also, Lloyd's going to be on with Doug Hagman today. So uh, we're really fighting the best we can to try to get to try to get the word out. Hey, listen, sky high. It's open. People are arriving. Johnny Burkeen came in last night. We got some coming in today. Uh, we're, we're excited. Again, if you cannot afford to come, you come. It's free. Somebody will pick up your tab to get it. And uh, most, of, most of the money we're charging in was just for food. It's going to be great food, great fellowship, great, uh, uh, great education. Going to be a lot, of, a lot of really, really good stuff. So we'd love for you to be able to come. And if you have to come in early, can you only come in for a day? Whatever. Fred Mosley's coming in tonight, I told you, or maybe tomorrow, One, whatever day it is. Pray for my wife because uh, she's the world's greatest hostess, and she's trying to help put all this stuff together where everybody stay. Mark Trump's coming. Just heard from him. He and Judy are coming. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Okay, so I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to waste our time with Brother Lloyd, Lloyd Brunson. I had him on my Brideon show. Actually, I met Lloyd when I was went out to uh, – Bowie, Texas. Remember the rodeo? I showed you those. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I met him out there for the first time. Of course, we've been followers of Loy and his brothers who brought their own case to the United States Supreme Court. And everybody laughed and said, oh, yeah, good luck, good luck. And lo and behold, it got docketed at the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, 
we all sent letters in, you know, guys, you all know we, we did all that right and, and flooded the Supreme Court. Please hear this case. And, and lo and behold, uh, another case, same, well, I'll let Lloyd tell the story, has resurfaced. We have a, they have another case. Has it been docketed yet, Lloyd? Because you said it was going to be within the next couple oh, of days. Yes, right? absolutely. It was docketed on the 24th of April. 24th of April. Docketed means that it is on the list of things for the Supreme Court to hear. So I'm going to shut up and get out of the way. And Lloyd, just kind of give us, friends, look, let me let me help you to understand this. This is not about overturning election. All right. Because that's the way everybody wants to color this thing. Right. Oh, they're still fighting to overturn the election. No, that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that our elected officials violated their oath of office. Jonathan, pull up the oath of office there. I think I have it, don't I? Uh, yeah, the, the bottom one, Jonathan. Pull, pull it up there real quick. Okay, here's what, the, here's what everybody says when they take their oath of office. Scroll on down, Jonathan. Uh, I do solemnly swear on down. I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of Congress, whatever it would be, and to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I will bear. Whoa, you do that to me. Now you got to screw up, brother. That I will bear fit, true and faithful allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose or evasion. And I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office for which I am about to enter. So help me, God. Every one of the congressmen, senators, president, take that oath. And Lloyd Brunson and his brother said, hey, these guys violated their oath. What are we going to do here? They violated their oath. Are we just going to sit back or not do anything? Or let's try to hold them accountable. So that's what they've done. Lloyd, long rambling opening. Tell us what this is all about, Lloyd, how you got involved with it. And you're just a common old Joe like me who didn't cheat in social studies in high school, right? <laughs> yeah, the case that's before the Supreme Court right now, as of the 24th of April, is actually the original case that got blocked and stuck in federal court. And uh, actually, over two years ago, the federal court ordered the U.S. Marshal Service to start serving the summons and complaint at 388 defendants. You know, that would include the president, President Joe Biden, Vice President Harris. Uh, Mike Pence and 385 uh, current or past members of the U.S. House and Senate. And so that started happening. 84 were served, including Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Maxine Waters on on uh, the, the March 31st. But the next Stop day, second, Lloyd, so 84 percent of them were actually served. 84%, according to the docket, were served on that day. You know, they can't serve them all in one day. That's a big job. The U.S. Marshal Service was ordered to do it because there was no other way to get in there because they were locked down. So it had to be the U.S. Marshal Service, right? Yeah. Okay, so so the next day, we we got noticed that, uh, that the federal court had ordered it canceled and retracted and, and unfiled, unfiled my case. So we knew enough about, uh, about the courts that we knew that they had just violated our civil rights, our constitutionally protected right of due process and petition for redress of grievances in the First Amendment. When a, when a court makes a decision like that, the judge is crossing over from the judicial side of the court to the administrative side of the court, and he opens him up. He's opening himself up to liability and lawsuits, basically. So we complained to the Tenth Circuit. That didn't help. 
I, I won't go into the details. It's pretty interesting, though. And that didn't help. So we took both courts to state court. We sued both courts. And after we battled there, they finally reversed their decision. Pardon me, I interrupt for a living. Because the purpose of the court is to hold the Congress accountable, right? If Congress doesn't do what they're supposed to do, the courts are supposed to force them to do what they're supposed to do, right? Well, that's what petition for redress of grievances is all about, to go into the courts. You know, you don't petition the president or the Congress or anyone. You go into the courts. And so the, the judge, the courts actually tried to, like they did, here's this battle. They're kicking us out of the court, right? And we're saying, you can't do this. And so we knew enough, my brother knew enough about legal procedure that they were, you know, and we did, that they were violating my right, my rights of due process. So we took them to court and battled there. Then finally, they, uh, they saw that we were right. And they saw, I believe, that they had created liability for themselves. So we won that battle. So they ordered the clerk of the court to reissue my summons and, uh, and they refiled my case. And then the U.S. attorneys came on board and started uh, battling us based, at, you know, with their defense of immunity. And so we battled away. And then finally, the judge wouldn't make a decision after the pleadings had finished. And he wouldn't make a decision until just a few weeks ago. So a few weeks ago, he makes this decision against us, which allows us to either go to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals or go to the Supreme Court of the United States. So he, the judge sat on it for a year, trying to bury it for a year. And finally, the deadline came and he had to rule and he kicked it out. Ah, That's bogus, right? Exactly. So we we thought, well, we can fight it out in the 10th Circuit or we can take a chance and send it to the Supreme Court under their Rule 11. Now, when I say take a chance, you can't go to the Supreme Court unless you've gone to all the lower courts and got decisions from all the lower courts. Otherwise, they'll just send it back to you and say you haven't you know, finished your job. You need to go to the, the final court. And in this case, we didn't have a decision from the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. So we decided to file under Rule 11. Now, the last time a Rule 11 was allowed to be docketed, that means their definition, as you've read it, is it has to be of imperative public importance. The court has to decide that it is imperative, that it is of imperative public importance before they will allow it to be docketed. The last one that was allowed to be docketed was in the 70s by the U.S. government. And the last time a pro se litigant was able to have one docketed, that's where you represent yourself, was never. So this would be that this would be the first time ever in the history of the United States that a Rule 11 petition for writ of certiorari is filed and docketed by the court. Well, so we sent it off to them and we checked the docket and there we saw it a few days later, filed and docketed. So this is historical. Just by way of, uh, of it's never been done before this way. Common Joe, common Loy gets heard at the U.S. Supreme Court. It's like like you could never you couldn't even make that up, could you, Loy? Right, you can. And so so it's set right now for a conference of June twenty second. It was just two days ago that the, it was set for conference. So June twenty second is conference, and that in that is called a hearing, but it's not the hearing. Okay, so. The conference is where the nine justices get together and they vote whether it moves forward to a hearing. Now, only one out of 100 make it out of conference, okay? So uh, that's what we're praying for, and that's what the letters are doing is encouraging the justice to, set, to, to actually decide to move it forward to a hearing. 
Okay, well, let, let, me, let, let, me, let me jump in here again. Again, I inter, I know how dumb my audience. Is. Just kidding. Just so I, I ask questions. I know that that they're thinking. And so, so Lloyd, to make this very, very clear, this is not to overturn an election. This is the fact that when uh, when 154 elected officials raised a question about the election, the the Congress was duty bound to take a 10-day pause and investigate the complaint. In fact, Loy, it only takes one person to file a complaint for them to be duty-bound to investigate the complaint. Am I am I on track? Absolutely. It's like going to the police department. You go in and report a crime. They're not going to say, hey, we need the majority of your neighborhood to come in first. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? right? And so they had an obligation to do that. Now, you read the oath, the congressional oath. Article 6 of the Constitution is very clear with the words, for all of our representatives stating that they shall be bound, they shall be bound by oath to this constitution. Now they've given themselves immunity over the years and that's what we're battling is their immunity that is completely unconstitutional. It's very clear that it's unconstitutional. You can't have a binding oath and immunity. So that's the battle. So these letters are also a vote to uphold the binding oath and uphold the Constitution of the United States. And it's even more than what the justices will decide. But the justices work for we, the people, and they need to feel we, the people, are supporting them so that they can exercise the most power they've ever been given in the history of this country. And it is, the job to, it is their job to do that, Lloyd. The Abs- way this, absolutely this their job. appeal to the courts to hold the Congress. Folks, what do you think Roe versus Wade? What do you think all these things are about, right? It's whether or not, yeah, Barbary versus Madison. It's whether or not Congress has done something that's illegal. Now, folks, I want you to understand this. On when, when 140 or 154 congressmen, senators objected, said, wait a minute, we have a concern about this election. Lloyd. They were duty bound by the Constitution to cause a 10 day pause to investigate the complaint. Cut and dry. And those those defendants, the 350 some odd members of Congress, they were duty bound to go forward. And they in a way they were lying by saying, oh, we have a, a constitutional duty to certify the electoral vote. Well, we're not saying not certify. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and the 145 others were not saying don't certify. They were saying make sure they're real before you certify them. Investigate. So they spin there. They really just, you know, misled everyone. And Joe, so Lloyd, then they then they mixed in the January 6th insurrection and all that yeah. stuff. So, so it got buried. Folks, do you understand this? That that this uh, plea by uh, Lloyd and his group, the, the insurrection covered all that over. So it didn't become about the fact that they didn't were, didn't follow through what they were supposed to do. It became about an armed insurrection and, and it's all getting lost in the shuffle. But Loy and his crew said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got a problem here. These folks were duty bound by their oath to for a 10 day pause. Even if there is an insurrection going on, they are still duty bound to pause for 10 days to investigate this election. Am I hitting it okay, Lloyd? Absolutely. And the result of an in, of an infiltrated election is the same result of as an act of war. You know, it puts in their victor, right? So uh, fraud vitiates everything. Treason vitiates everything. And, uh, and vitiate meaning that you, you don't try to find some rule that you're going to misconstrue in order to not do your job. So they failed. They created a huge security breach. 
And uh, that's why we're suing them. And we're asking the court to not only remove them from office, but bar them from holding office the rest of their lives. So, so folks, here's why this is so serious. Because, Lloyd, if I understand this, right, if the Supreme Court rules that they have, in fact, violated their oath, 354 of them, as I've said, Lloyd, whatever the number 385 either current or former members of Congress would have their violated their oath, folks, that they they had to take a 10 day pause by law. They had to do it. They didn't do it. Loy, if the Supreme court were to rule that they did in fact violate their oath, that means boot they're out. Is that right? Yeah, They could do that or, or they could wash their hands of it and remove it back to the federal court. And if they did that, then the 380 defendants would have to, subject themselves to depositions and discovery mm. so they would be investigated and at that time would probably need congress to step in to help with that so that's one way they could do it too but they could just fix this problem right now by simply canceling the credentials and then they would they could simply order the sergeant and the uh, the u.s marshal service to deliver the list of the sergeant in arms so that their credentials are canceled then they could also send special broadcast teams government broadcast teams to the Federal Communications Commission offices and to the, the broadcast offices to replace the uh, the those uh, reporters that are there reporting misinformation, replace them temporarily with the real news so people could see a real smooth transition possibly. And then hundreds of millions of dollars would be available to hmm. support new campaigns to fill the vacancies. So this could be a tremendous positive approach as well as a uh, people realize that this is we need to to fill these vacancies that have been created by this decision okay law i need i need about four hours with you but let's let's run through this as quickly as as i can because you're not an attorney you're just a guy you're just a guy like me and you got together with your brothers and some others said something's wrong here what are we going to do talk about that process real quickly okay well uh uh you know, we were, my brother's the main guy with the legal experience. He's had years of experience, even though he's not a lawyer, lawyer suing banks. He started suing banks because of the subprime mortgage bundling. And he just uh, took a course and learned how to do legal procedure and learned from experience, state, federal, and even the Supreme Court. He's had two petitions uh, successfully docketed there. So uh, so he had all this experience and he called me up on the phone and says, I've been thinking for a while now we should do something. I want to sue and ask me to be the plaintiff. And so I agreed to be the plaintiff. And uh, that was over two years ago. And that's been a battle. And then while we were battling with me as the plaintiff, my brother says, hey, let's launch another one here. I want to be a plaintiff. And so it's uh, it like, OK. So he launched his in state court and it was moved to federal court by the U.S. attorneys. And because he had different judges. His made it to the Supreme Court before mine did. So we have two opportunities here to to move the court and, and, and support the court in a decision that needs to be made. Every day, as you can see, it gets more serious and the decision needs to be made to clean this mess up. And that would be the best possible way for the Supreme Court to exercise their power. But they need our support. And that's why the letter campaign is so important. The more letters we have, the more uh, the more opportunity for them to uh, uh, to make the right decision to move this hearing so help me out here lloyd because i i I know how our our listeners think they said we already did that coach we already sent a bunch of letters in there and then it got thrown out what's going on here well this is a different one lloyd explain that well and the letters are still there i mean that's huge support uh, because because it got denied the mainstream media came in we got a lot of publicity from the denial 
And I thought that was great. CNN did three stories on it. MSN did three. Newsweek magazine did four stories on it. Okay. And so this is this is so important for the America to see what is happening. And it's like when you're in a war and you are somewhat successful. See, we've already succeeded by convincing the federal court that we're allowed to be where we were. We fought and we won that battle, right? So you just don't come around and run after one battle when you've got reinforcements coming. Right. And that's the letters are reinforcements. And that's what this case is. This is another attack to, to encourage the court to do the right thing. So this is a war and we, we're winning. So folks, understand this. The, the original case, whether it got denied, I don't doesn't matter. This, this this case that's up there now is the original one. It just yes. laid it just laid there and laid there and laid there and finally it also made it to the Supreme Court. So this is the same uh, issue, but a diff- the original case. Am I saying yeah. that right, Blake? Absolutely, different plaintiff, and it's a now it's got a docket, a docket a date for a conference. Absolutely. So what does that mean, mean docketed, Loy? That means they accepted and filed it and put it on the docket. They could have sent it back to us because we didn't get a decision from the court that's normally required to get a decision before you go to the Supreme Court. Okay. So they allowed us under their rule 11 with those words, it has to be a, they have to determine before they allow it to be filed and docketed, which it was, they have to determine that it is of imperative public importance. Those are the words in their Supreme Court rule 11. Now, they also have the power to completely adjudicate and and decide on the full complaint behind closed doors. If they feel like they need to do it in a quiet, a private way, they can do that. But I'm I'm thinking this needs to go public with a hearing. And so, so that praying the, the federal court, the federal court said, no, go pound sand, go pound sand, said it a couple different times. Right. And the U.S. Supreme right. Court, after the federal court said, go pound sand, the Supreme Court said, no, I think maybe we'll hear that. Right. And in well, fact, yes. Roy, the easiest thing for the Supreme Court to have done is say, hey, we agree with the federal court. We're not going to hear right. it. But they didn't right. do that. Well, they, they could have sent it back. They could have sent it back and said, you've got to fight it out in the 10th Circuit. But they didn't under their Rule 11. Now, I don't know who makes the decision in this. There's the clerk of the court for 11 years was the chief counsel for the Supreme Court. Now, I, and there might be one or two or more chief uh, justices of the Supreme Court that make the decision to allow the Rule 11. In their careers, they've never had docketed a Rule 11. This is new for the justices. They've never seen a Rule 11 docketed. This is the first in the history of their careers with the Supreme Court that this has happened, that they've allowed to be docketed. So, folks, here's here's the picture of it. They've caught the guys not only eating the hamburgers, but they got mustard on their face. Everybody knows they clearly violated their oath. It's not even open open for debate. The question is, is anybody going to do anything about it, right? So now we're appealing to the Supreme Court, Loy, in this petition, saying, hey, look, here's the mustard on their face. There's the evidence of it. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They broke the law. Are you going to do anything about it, or are you going to let them get away with violating the oath? That's it in a nutshell, right, Loy? Absolutely. The oath is like the Achilles heel. You know, this is where it counts. And they can see easily what you just said, that the oath has been violated. They've given themselves immunity, which that in and of itself violates the Constitution. 
Unbelievable. Look, I, I got some folks who are going to get want to get in here in a minute, Lloyd. So tell us, go to go to LloydBrunson.com if you could for me. Throw that up there. Lloyd, we've already done this, but explain to us, to everyone, what it is you would like them to do. Hey, by the way, folks, you could take this to your church. You could take this to your uh, Bible study group. You could take it to consider whatever. Mil- what if we millions and millions of letters? Lloyd, explain on your website, LloydBrunson.com. What it is that you want people to do, Lloyd? If you scroll down a little bit, I encourage people to watch the five-minute video right there. Click on that little arrow. Well, let's take five minutes and watch it. Go ahead, and, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. It played at about 1.5 speed. I think we can do that, Jonathan. Mike Huckabee's Imagine you have the power. As people around the world have had enough, corruption in governments lies in the media personal interest over the people's interest is there any chance that we the people can restore our republic it's amazing that the constitution is set up in such a way for the people to go to the most powerful branch of government and that is the supreme court of the united states i heard of this new name lloyd brunson and i listened to lloyd i'm thinking gosh this is crazy what's happening in america here are a hundred members of congress that are claiming with evidence that there is a concern that needs to be investigated. On behalf of petitioners of Lloyd Brunson and We the People, it's a grassroots organization involving citizens across the country. But I was like, no, that can't be true. That can't be true. Lloyd Brunson's strategy works this way. After the 2020 election, hundreds of citizens and elected lawmakers stepped forward with evidence of misconduct and malfeasance and criminal behavior during that election. Well, Brunson's argument is that Congress was constitutionally required to investigate this evidence due to their oaths of office, in which every member swears to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And Mm -hmm. so we're not suing about the outcome of the election. We're not suing to put someone in office. We're suing to remove the security breach. And the security breach is every single member of Congress that refused to do their job and defend this country. Are you kidding me? I'm literally going on the Supreme Court website, and I downloaded the case that he was referring to. Holy cow, this is like everything. All the anxiety that we all have, all the prayers that have gone towards... You know, asking for God's intervention somehow, some way, you know, bring his vengeance. Because these people, these evil people are overthrowing our country. We're part of we the people, right? And so when you petition for a redress of grievances, you don't petition to the Congress. You don't petition to the president. You petition through the courts. And then the final court of the land, the Supreme Court of the United States, is the final say on that petition for redress of grievances. And that's what we've been able to do. In 1939, Jimmy Stewart played an all-American patriot. Mr. Smith. I, I, I can't help feeling that there's been a big mistake somehow. Mr. Smith, fighting for we the people and our Constitution. I, I don't think I've ever been so thrilled in my whole life. And, and that Lincoln Memorial. Gee, what is that? Uh, Mr. Lincoln, there he is. He's just looking right straight at you as you come up those steps. Just just sitting there like he was waiting for somebody to come along. Swearing in of the Senate to designate us the order of business, the gentleman will raise his right hand. Do you solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that you will bear true... Article 6 of the Constitution requires every one of them that have taken an oath to uphold the Constitution to be bound by that oath. And to be bound by that oath, you are responsible. You are liable. So help you, God? I do. 
It's amazing that the Constitution is set up in such a way for the people to go to the most powerful branch of government, and that is the Supreme Court of the United States, to correct the errors and problems that have happened. Basically, this would be the Supreme Court voting to just completely purge the U.S. government and reform the U.S. government. Never before uh, have we seen the Supreme Court have as much power as they have right now because of the set of circumstances. They're literally can go behind closed doors and do what they need to do and do what's right. We produce this video in hope to inspire and empower you and showing you how the power can be restored back to the people. But today, you can leave a legacy for generations to come that you were part of restoring our constitutional republic. Thousands of letters are being mailed to the United States Supreme Court in support of this Brunson case. Please mail your letters today and even invite your children to write letters and be a part of this historic moment. Share this with friends and family. Invite organizations, companies, one voice standing up, speaking out, and taking action for we the people and our constitutional republic, proving that the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, that's well done, Loy. It's well done. Now, folks, listen, I know you got some questions. I want to get you in here, but understand this. You can, first of all, every letter you send, they make it part of the record. They, they are required by law to do that. It doesn't have to be a fancy thing. You could write in and say, we stand with uh, Loy Brown, whatever it would be. Uh, what, uh, but now they have it on their website, right? You can download a letter. They can, in fact, you can, they'll send the letter for you. But no matter what, we got to get involved. You can just handwrite it. Please review that, whatever, whatever. Am I, am I okay here, Loy? Or go ahead, explain. Absolutely. Yeah, the instructions are right there on the website. And so, folks, share this with others. What's it cost? 50, 59 cents to mail a letter? Huh? And what? Hey, Loy. Do you guys still want copies of the letter as well? Last time we did it, we sent one to the courts and one to you. So you had a real idea of how many people had actually seen the letter. We we have proof. And so and all all those instructions are right there on the website. Amen. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna crank it up. Roger's been trying to get in there three different times. I saw you hang up a couple of times, Roger. If you want to get back in here, we'll get you in. Hang on to your hats. Here we go. Laura Ann, come on in. Can I pray for you? In this case, sure. Okay, let's bring it and lock and load. Abba, we're bringing this Lloyd Lloyd and his brothers in this case that you put on his heart. You anointed and appointed them to represent the American people. And coaches come alongside him. First, God, we're bringing this into the courts of heaven because you said we could come to your throne boldly because we're your kids. So as your kids, we come together, all of us, standing before you and asking you to intercede on our behalf. Give this this, um, whole entire case favor before your Supreme Court in heaven and and, and on earth. So much favor, Lord God, that that there's so many blessings and so many miracles that we can't count them all because we're talking to you, Jesus, because you said by the word of our testimony, we can overcome. And our testimony is about who you are, Jesus. Our testimony together with one voice, we're raising it and saying, deliver this nation from the evil of the domestic terrorists that have come into your kingdom here on earth, into your church, into your families, into your children's lives, Lord God, and deliver us from the evil that has come against us because you said you would do it. 
because you're a good God, you're a good judge, and you are the judge. And I'm asking you, Lord God, with all of my brothers and sisters here, to move on the Supreme Court. That fear will not be allowed to be factored in at all, that they will not be afraid of the wrath that will come against them from the evil one, because Lord God, you're gonna take care of the evil one and you're gonna protect them. You're gonna protect Coach's family, Coach, and we praise you for what you've, how you've protected them so far and Lloyd's family. So give them wisdom from heaven, the knowledge and how to apply it and the understanding on what to do. And then for your glory, Jesus Christ, Abba and power of the Holy Spirit come upon this with so much strength and might and the fire and the wind of heaven just takes care of this. And we can together say amen. And for the glory of the Lord God and the kingdom of heaven here on earth, that this, that this is done and this will be heard and this will be, um, and it's not going to be kicked back to the circuit court and that Lord God, your justice, because you said for us to walk humbly with our God, to seek mercy. And we're asking you, Lord God, for mercy for here, for the people here in the United States. We're asking, and Lord God, and that your justice, which is right, which is perfect, will reign. And we thank you for doing this because it's for your praise. It is for your glory. And we thank you that you've used these men to rise up for those who are appointed to die. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Lorian. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. We may have to do a Sunday night prayer gathering on this one. Roger, come on, and then Jack. I just, a quick question. Um, Roy's still on, isn't he? Yes, he is. Okay. Now, is this a motion for reconsideration from the earlier case a couple months ago that they didn't? Uh, list take up or is this an entirely new complaint this is an entirely new complaint and they've okay. chosen to hear this entirely new complaint as well roger okay now let's assume you prevail what do you folks think they will do uh, i'm just curious if you prevail obviously the law has been broken they should have slowed things down a little bit what is your hope or what what should they do there are a couple of incredible outcomes that could happen. One is, one is they could actually reverse the motion to dismiss decision from the lower court. And then if they did that, then the federal court would have to then order all the defendants to answer the complaint and they would be forced into discovery where they would have to comply with, the, with depositions, each and every one of them. They would have to comply with interrogatories, answers and questions and documents. It would open up a completely huge investigation process. They could do that. Or they could, under their Rule 11, completely make the decision on the whole complaint and execute the whole complaint and all the six causes of action. And then they could refer them over to the Department of Justice. And at that time, there would be a new Department of Justice based on the decisions of the court. So there's several different positive outcomes that could come from this. Boom. <laughs> wow. Uh, this, is, this is earth shattering for sure. Jack, come on in. Uh, yeah, this, um, if you can actually get the Supreme Court to adjudicate the last 11 words of the 
uh, First Amendment, that's so monumental because those are the only words in the Constitution that have never actually been adjudicated or addressed at all by the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know if you've been in touch with Bob Schultz, but he's been in this fight for over 30 years, and he might be able to help a little bit. Uh, the other uh, thing that we all need to be aware of and part of the prayer uh, concern is that the oath, the oath was so important that even though it was mentioned multiple times throughout the Constitution, Bill of Rights and all that, it was also the first statute, first United States statute dealt with the oath of office. So what, the question I have for Lloyd is, do you believe that anyone that has sworn an oath into their state or federal government, uh, if they have never read their constitution, isn't that perjury to begin with on day one? Oh, it absolutely is. And uh, that's part of, that's what we're fighting is the immunity they've given themselves. Now, California, as well as other, some other, many other states probably have a perjury statute that excludes politicians regarding the oath of office. So <laughs> it's, it's a flagrant, obvious violation that's happening here. Now, the justices themselves, the Supreme Court justices, have taken two oaths to the Constitution. One is purely the constitutional oath, and the other one is the congressional oath, which we you just read there, uh, Coach Dave, and that is to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So this oath is, is really the Achilles heel, and it is the focus of the lawsuit and those letters are a prayer. The letters are a vote to enforce the supreme law of the land like it's supposed to be enforced. So the justices need to feel support. It's so important that they don't feel like they're doing it on their own without America realizing what is happening because they're doing it for us. They work for us and uh, they need our support. So the letter campaign is crucially important. Jonathan, if you could throw up the First Amendment real quick, I want to uh, double back on what Jack said because it becomes the heart of everything that's going on here, as well as January 6th, that old debacle, yada, yada, yada. The First Amendment of the Constitution, I'm going to read it. I don't know who John of curve there. Congress shall make no law respecting its establishment of religion, prohibiting. So we have, here are, the, here, are the, here are the rights defended, not granted, defended in the Constitution. The establishment of religion, prohibiting the free of exercise thereof, that's number one. Or number two, abridging the freedom of speech or the press, three, the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It is a God-given, inalienable right to for the people to peaceably assemble, which is what we tried to do on January 6th, and to petition the government for redress of grievances. And that's what you're doing, isn't it, Lloyd? That's yeah. absolutely it. And it's, it's interesting that the uh, Amy Coney Barrett forgot the petition for redress of grievances. And I, I don't mean that to, to, you know, criticize her, but it's, it's a demonstration of how that protected right has been hidden from us. And the, and the, and the law firms, the whole legal profession has been trained to push us away from the petition for redress of grievances. Amen. If we had gone to a regular law, a law firm and asked them to do this, they wouldn't have allowed us to get on a path to the Supreme Court. And that's what the federal court tried to do is remove us from this path to the Supreme Court. And so. Um, Amen. Craig Mickle, come on in, Craig. Come on in, Craig. People moving forward. Right? Yes, sir. Craig. 
if uh, if you were to prevail, would uh, and just say that we have a a government that's not put in by the people, then the treaties that um, Biden, excuse me, I'm a little sick, signed with the World Health Organization, Paris Climate, would they be null and void? I uh, I think it's obvious that they would be absolutely. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. They would be null and void, right, folks? Yeah. Every by the way, everything this Congress has done is null and void. These guys, these That's folks, have violated their oath. They violated their oath, right? It has it uh, fraud vitiates everything. In other words, fraud cancels everything, folks. Boom. So these guys violated their oath. They have no authority to make any laws. That's, that's that, would also, that would Michelle. also apply. Coach, that would also that would also apply to the Marriage Act that was signed last December. It was law. Now you can remember that they made a law that you can marry male, male, and yeah. male. Yeah, yeah that's so that right. Would, that would go out too. Not a law. No law at all. No law at all. Rochelle, Roger, did you want back in? Your hand still up. I'm sorry. No, Rochelle. Hey, good morning, team. Um, uh, hi, Loy. Um, I just want to back up uh, to that day, you know, to January 6th. And, um, you know, Coach took his team there. I was watching from afar. And, um, I mean, I distinctly remember um, some orders of events that were just really weird. And I know that you must have dug into this stuff. But, you know, they came out, like these saboteurs came out yelling that, um, okay, they they signed um, to, to approve the votes. They're not going to take the 10 days. Um, and this was before the votes had even all been cast as a way to get the crowd upset and, and, you know, try to cause this insurrection. And then afterwards, once everything calmed down, Trump sends everybody home, they come back in to continue the vote. And they say, well, due to today's events, um, we, we don't have any other choice, but to certify this election. And I'm, and this is what you're saying. What does one have to do with the other? They're, they just use this fake thing as an excuse. And maybe you can elaborate on some stuff you found out, because um, I'm sure, gosh, uh, there's more than one person behind this scam. Yeah, great question, Michelle. Well, what I would say to that is uh, we're asking for the, and it would be a new Department of Justice to investigate criminally. And if if the court decided to remand it back to federal court by overturning the decision to dismiss, it would open up a massive investigation process where we would be able to depose, like I mentioned, and and interrogatories, questions and answers, documents uh, showing why they did what they did. And so one of the causes of action is civil conspiracy. Now, when you're an attorney and several people come to you, more than one person comes to you and says, would you please represent us? We're both being charged in the same complaint with civil conspiracy. An attorney has to be very careful. And normally he would say, I'm sorry, I cannot defend more than one person. And I cannot defend that person if I had any kind of uh, legal association with any of the other 387 defendants. So, uh, for if the if the Supreme Court justices uh, ruled in favor of overturning uh, the motion to dismiss, that could create an incredible amount of investigation. But I would prefer that he just that this court just smoothly 
goes ahead and uh, cancels the credentials and allows the new Department of Justice to conduct the investigations as to why they made the decisions individually that they did. Wow. Hey, Lloyd, let's be, let's be serious here, right? Folks, this is real. Can you imagine the pressure that would be on the Supreme Court justices to really, if they rule uh, in favor, Lloyd, it is an overturning, an overthrowing of the government, really, right? I mean, it, well, but but in a way, it's really just establishing a new opportunity for no, over I get 350 you. campaigns. And so That's you're right. going to have 350 campaigns with hundreds of millions, maybe billion plus dollars supporting this decision by uh, by them wanting their new candidates to, to fill new the election. New elections, so, right? New elections. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just think it was a, some kind of an election process where they've served their time and the new ones are coming in. I mean, it really could be a smooth transition, I believe. Amen. Amen. Lloyd, have have you um, FOIA'd freedom of information for any of these people's oaths of office? No, but it's exciting to see that other people have done that. And hopefully we have had something to do with encouraging that to happen because we're aware of that. It happened locally several years ago, over 10 years ago with my father. And so we understand uh, the state constitution requires that they subscribe their oath and also uh there are some federal statutes as well. I saw that uh, that report where it showed that some of these people have neglected, which is a crime. If you act in an office and you haven't subscribed your oath with a signature, wow. you have a serious problem on your hands. Amen. Mark Trump, come on in. No relation to yeah. the regular Trump's lawyer. Yeah, I'd like to continue Craig's question. And if, in fact, all of the laws that they passed are invalid, would then it revert to the next most recent legal mm, uh, law that has been passed and then would those people just automatically have authority because if these people don't have authority that's why they're invalid so would it revert back to who had authority last and passed the last law how would that yeah. work good question that's my guess my guess is as good as yours they would have to figure all that out so it's a pretty big decision with a lot of complicated uh, mechanisms that they would have to, they'd have to put in place to Amen. unravel this, unravel this. All, all the budget folks, think about that. All the budget they've passed, everything, everything yeah. is no good. It'd be a cleansing. It could be a terrific oh, cleansing. Would it be? Absolutely. <laughs> It'd be a cleansing for sure. Man, Kevin, come on in. Okay. So I want to just go back to the oath issue because uh, this could be very, very interesting. You know how sometimes we endeavor to have one turnout, but God is really using something for a completely other purpose. Okay. So, you know, if you look at the work that Todd Callender and his team have done, okay, where they're through freedom of information act, they're finding out that either these politicians never took their oath in the first place, or they were improperly uh, done making them null and void. Okay. This, and this actually goes right down to the state level where they were finding this with governors and state senators and all of that. Okay. It's almost like a built-in protection that these people could never be tried for treason because after all, they never took an oath. Okay. Mm. So, right. So the, the biggest crime they could be uh, convicted of is impersonating a public official. Okay. Oh, so they could look at this case and say, well, you know, you're saying that they, they're in violation of their oath because they had to do this 10 day investigation. Oh, but they never took their oath. This case could prayerfully be the can opener that opens that can of worms. Amen. You see okay, what I'm so, saying, brother? Okay. Thank you. Well, so hang on a second. For those who are turning, tuning in late, shame on you. But, Lloyd, what is it we're asking people to do? 
to go to lloydbrunson.com and watch the video and see how you can write a letter simply with your words to the Supreme Court. You can either do it digitally. If you do it digitally, it is sent to a fulfillment house with your signature that you put on it with your mouse or finger on a smartphone. It's printed out. It's folded. It's put in an envelope. Postage is put on it. It's individually sent to the Supreme Court, and they file every single letter. So okay, every Lord, single Lord, letter. So could, could I photocopy 20 of them and go to my friends and have them put their signature on it? And could I, You can okay do as many letters as you want. There's no restriction. This We call it friends of the court, or the court calls it friends of the court letters. So right. people, people are helping their neighbors and doing just what you said. Absolutely. Because folks, they're not going to read the letter. They're just going to count the letter, okay? So as many as we can get to them is entered into the record, and we're showing that the American people are behind what it is that the Brunson uh, uh, folks are are doing here. I think they're going to be read. I think they're going to have special teams and maybe already have because they, for security reasons, they need to see the contents of the letters. They're going to be read, every single one of them. Wow, awesome. Jeff Nell. I have a question. Uh, would this uh, your, your idea, your program here, be effective to the, on a state level? Absolutely, yes. And you know what? This would affect state level uh, politicians and campaigns, right down to the local city level. So this would uh, like the it's the Achilles heel for federal, state, and local officials. Really, it is mm-hmm. because if you were to ask an official if the, how the oath is binding, they wouldn't. I my brothers and I produced a documentary in 2010. It was called The Oath of Office, The Thread by Which the Constitution Hangs. And we were asking candidates for U.S. Senate. Mike Lee was one of them. And his answer to the question, what is the penalty for breaking the oath of office, was very interesting. He said, he said basically, he didn't think there was one, but there should be. And it's like, come on, Article 6 demands it be binding. So he took a step back and he started thinking about that. But now that he's been in Congress and no one is, has been thinking or caring about the seriousness of a binding oath until now, they just haven't, they've been derelict in their duty and they've just overlooked it because we, the people, haven't reminded them that they are supposed to be bound by their oath and they are constitutionally liable and responsible for that. Amen. Boy, you guys are on to something, Lloyd. Jeff Klein, come on in, Jeff. Lloyd, the question I have is, can there be any effect with this going down with the J6ers and everybody else is being charged right now with crimes and the thousand more they want to go arrest? So what do you see in that? I see them being compensated. <laughs> Whenever That's the Fifth Amendment. Nor shall proper, pri, private property be taken in our state constitutions as are damaged. They've been damaged and they need to be released and compensated by the federal government. Wow, man. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> this is far-reaching uh, possibilities here. Let's go to RJ, then Myra. RJ, then Myra. Yeah, great work, Lloyd. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, it seems that, that I forget the title number for uh, misprision of treason, but, Coach, you've addressed it before. Yep. Uh, if these, if there is, I mean, all our job would be to bring charges of misprision of treason to the notice of those loyal legislators here at the state level if these if the proper procedures are not followed to dislodge this whole thing it'd be like a a, a complimentary action that we can proceed with in my view 
Yes, the misprison uh, documents actually are being included with the amicus briefs. Or awesome, the amicus awesome. So, yeah, so that's another, you know, enforcement of the oath and how, how binding it's supposed to be. And so there have been at least one attorney, and I think two I've received copies of, you'll probably see it on the docket at supremecourt.gov coming up, where they supply additional information that supports our petition. So, and that's included in that, so... Okay, folks, are you looking at me here? The coach got to call a huddle here again. This is not about putting Donald Trump back in office. Don't go say that. That Mm. is not what this case is about in any way, shape, or manner. Not at all. This is about holding our elected officials accountable to their oath. The law was broken when some people objected, some elected officials objected to the election, by law, they have to investigate, and they didn't. So what this is about is that we are holding accountable those who violated their oath. You understand that? Don't go around and say this is trying to get Donald Trump back in office. has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Get that out of your head. Erase that out of your head. Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Lloyd, you're a hero of the faith. We're reading Romans uh, 8, 4 through 6, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do not do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritual minded is life and peace hallelujah amen myra myra angie come on in angie good morning such a pleasure to hear mr brunson's case going forward Mm. um i do i do want to just kind of bring up a point on this though if the supreme court refuses to bring this further into a further advancement into looking at the violations of the oath of office, would they not themselves be violating their own oath of office? And at that point, and at that point, aren't we saying then if they refuse to look at this and address this, aren't we saying then that the oath of office that every representative and legislator takes, including judicial, isn't it pretty much nothing more than pomp and circumstance at that point? And pretty much, and invalid, and and we are literally living in that, quote-unquote, the banana republic at that point. Amen. Well, it doesn't remove their liability to us, we the people, and to God. And so they're having an opportunity here to to do something right and maybe somewhat make up for the errors (sighs) that they've been a part of in the past. And so the misprison part of the amicus briefs would, would be a reminder to the justices that they have an obligation with the Constitution and their oath to do something positive here, or they create liability for themselves. So yes. this is a real we the people movement. The oath of office is still binding. It's still intact. It is there. And regardless of their position, they're, held, they're going to be held accountable for it. And our yeah. Amen. Roger Gates, go on, Roger. Coach, Coach I got my hand up. I'm go ahead, trying. Randy. Go ahead. Coach, um, uh, this uh, I don't know if Lloyd, the Brunson brothers have discussed this, and I'm sure they have, but what they're getting ready to do is set another precedent. Okay, what 
what the Constitution lacked and what it has lacked from the start is the in, we got to get back to the intent and the context. And if we can establish a precedent with this case, Coach, the, 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 the Supreme Court are going to have to go back to ruling under with a context of the or the intent of the original Constitution. And anything outside that is not going to be acceptable. So this is even bigger than we realize, I think. And this is because, Coach, you know how I am. I, I'm so sick of us interpreting the Bible out of context, so, so tired of seeing so many crazy opinions because we don't have a rule. A, the, the, our apologetics doesn't hold us to a rule where we say we have to let it be what it is. We can't change it. And when we get this precedent set in our nation again, we're going to be a nation under God, Coach. And these, this, these Brunson brothers have paid the price. Amen. God bless you, Lloyd. We Amen. love you for what you're doing. Amen. We're with you. Thank you. Hey, Lord, Lloyd, by the way, real quickly, Lloyd, do you guys need financial support, Lloyd? Well, it always helps. I mean, we're able to do everything we've done. So we've, we've had, there's some, been some sacrifices there. If people want to, want to support this, they can go to LloydBrunson.com, scroll down to the bottom, and there's, I have a constitution book that has discoveries in it that have never been published before. And uh, we've used some of these concepts within our pleadings. For example, uh, if you were to f- look for any publication ever published, you wouldn't be able to find one that shows that the first 10 amendments amended anything until, unless you got my book and it's a pocket size. I call it a pocket constitution, but it has much more in it. So that's available uh, for a gift. And, uh, uh, what I'd like to one of the one of the discoveries that I found is there's an interpretation clause in the document. Now the comment that the gentleman just made it's fantastic. It's like we haven't read the Constitution, we haven't even looked at it as far as interpreting it goes. If we just start looking at it, like the oath is supposed to be binding, that's so easy to understand. How could anyone misunderstand that? It's so clear. But there's also an interpretation clause in the Constitution uh, that I've discovered. And I put it in the book. The first 10 amendments were defined by Congress as further declaratory and restrictive clauses to the seven articles. And uh, so in some ways, the the first 10 amendments are more powerful and they fix any kinds of errors that are in the seven articles. So I say it it purifies the document. But the ninth amendment I claim is the voice of God. When I read it and connected the dots, I thought this is like one of the commandments with the word shall not. I call it the interpretation clause because it demands the Constitution only be interpreted in ways that protect our God-given unalienable rights and that any interpretation outside of that protection is a misinterpretation regardless of the words in the document. And it's so simple. It's one sentence. And like I said, when I read it, I, I felt like this is God speaking in the Constitution. And it goes like this. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. No interpreting the Constitution in ways that benefits federal officials at the cost of the unalienable God-given rights of we, the people. And that's a beginning, an understanding that we need to have when we start interpreting the document. But the document is so incredible and there's so clear if we just connect with that. So I've highlighted power clauses. Another one, if you were to ask any representative to show you a clause in the Constitution that prohibits socialism, they wouldn't be able to do it unless they had this this pocket-sized book that I have on on you know on the website. And uh, 
it's there. There are clauses there that are very clear. The last line of the fifth, another declaratory and restricted clause, very clear. We, sh- you, we can't have our property taken from us for public use without just compensation. Our property includes our money. Amen. That's very clear. Uh, 13th Amendment, involuntary servitude is against the law. So as we connect with these power clauses that I highlight in this book, then we we take these clauses that we've discovered in a short period of time by seeing them highlighted in this book, and then we can use them. So right now, I'm encouraging people to, when they, the next town hall meeting they go to, talk about the oath and ask the representative if they would be willing to sign a contract with you that they would uphold the Constitution and defend it under penalties of perjury, take that oath. And if they're willing to do that, then you know you have a real candidate if they say they don't Amen. want to do that. Amen. So, Let's get Roger Gates in here real quick. I left and didn't get a chance. Go ahead. Yeah, I, one question I have, that did the vice president have the right to suspend the certification, especially when they had that many people voice their opinions? Oh, he had a legal obligation to support an investigation. Yeah. That's his job. He's got to certify votes that he's, he's got to know they're certifiable first. He has to know that they're real, that they're not fraudulent. And it's like you can't certify something unless you know it's a real yeah. electoral vote that is constitutionally uh, created, produced. So yeah. they totally violated their oath. And that's why we're claiming not just a violation of their oath in the complaint, but we're claiming treason and we're claiming fraud. We're claiming yeah. civil conspiracy. Yeah, they certified. They certified a fraud, is what they did. They, they, cer- they certified something that they didn't have the right to certify. Amen, they- amen. Lloyd, we're at the top of the hour. Out of time. Hang in there with us. Uh, go to LloydBrunson.com, folks. Send those. Copy the letters. Get your kids to send them. Get them in there. A groundswell of support from we the people. It's a chance to really, really make a difference. Don't forget, uh, Lloyd is on with Doug Hagman tonight. Loyal tape it this afternoon. Let's continue to pray for him, uh, for the, this whole initiative. Pray for the Supreme Court that, that God would intervene and they, that they would uh, do the right thing. Loy, anything else before we, we sign off there? Just a big thank you, and may the Lord bless all of you in this great effort. Thank all right, you. Hang, hang in there with us, Loy, all right? Hang in there a second. Right? Stay on. Uh, God bless you, folks. We'll see you on, what is today? We'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.